The 2022 CDC Clinical Practice Guideline for Prescribing Opioids for Pain can help you work with patients to make decisions that prioritize their overall well-being. Find trainings, tools, resources, and more at cdc.gov slash opioid guideline. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Flight Purbly, Flight Fam, whatever the hell I'm calling you these days. How you guys doing? I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. The weather keeps changing. Life keeps changing. I don't even know what to say. I'm joined today by the one, the only, Steph Driver. Steph, how's it going? You know, I had an experience today of nature is healing. And I I needed to tell you about it. I'm excited. So I left the house today, which is an event because who does that in, in uh, the now, right? Right. And I went to the liquor store because... Oh, that that's an extra adventure right there. You know, I decided I had earned not one, not two, but three bottles of wine. I had earned it. I think you had. I got, I, I got a Riesling. I got a Merlot. I got a Cab. So, you know. We're doing, you gotta catch them all. We gotta get them all. We're doing great. Um, and I got catcalled. No. Which is, I know. You left the house. For it's like predatory 10 minutes. and it's gross. However, it's been the first time in a very long time that someone had appreciated my yoga pants <laughs> as opposed to my couch. And I, I have to say, Steve, nature is healing. <laughs> That's your sign that nature is healing? It's getting That's my sign. Yes, nature is healing. Oh, congratulations, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> it felt a lot like the before. And that's nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I have trouble feeling like the before. I, I try to leave the house once a day for a brief walk. And that that is always just kind of like, what am I doing here? Why why would I even do that? And then I'll go out on the weekends and I'll look around. I, I don't miss people. Can I just go back yeah. to my cocoon and, and just burrow away? Yeah, that's a really good point too. Like the the six foot radius that they that is now in place, I would like to keep that. Oh yeah, forever. I don't want anybody in a store standing within six feet of me ever again. I want all of my food delivery people to drop the food and then walk away. I don't. I don't want to have to do the awkward exchange. Like, yeah, 
I know I ordered $60 worth of tacos for just me. I know that. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it, they're delicious. And yes, it's the third time I've ordered $60 worth of tacos for myself this week. Please don't make eye contact. It's bad enough. It's bad enough that Grubhub, the drivers will text you when they're back in your car and you just see the list of the amount of times that same driver has told you that they're there with your food. I've never even thought to do that. And oh. now I might have to take an adventure in the text messages. Oh God, it's so bad. It's so bad. And like, it's an adventure to look back through your your dining experiences. But if if you're in a if you're in a slump and you're ordering out a lot, as one does. As one does. It's, I don't call that a slump. I just call that life. Well, you know, sometimes it's a slump. Sometimes <laughs> that's fair. It's, well, sometimes it's know. sheer laziness. Like I, it is. I, sometimes I just, it's sure. I sheer worked laziness. hard. I don't feel like doing the shit. But sometimes it's like you know, I think I'm gonna order from Shake Shack, and it's a double shake kind of day. Which, again, I've done more than once during quarantine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It's a double shake kind of day. I could talk about food for the rest of this episode if you would like. I'm honestly fine with that. I, I've discussed starting up food purbly before, and we can just do food purbly for the entire episode. That's fine. It's a brave new world. I'm figuring out the format. Let's talk about whatever the fuck. I could talk about food for hours. Mm. Have you been to Shake Shack recently? Uh, we ordered... We ordered Shake Shack, uh, I want to say like a month or two back because we, I don't know, we've got a rotation and every now and then you say, I really want to help the little guy, but I really want to eat a goddamn Shake Shack burger. Yeah. So they had their holiday flavored shakes and their sugar cookie or whatever the fuck they called, whatever their sugar cookie shake was, was literally the nectar of the gods. <laughs> I, I would order two of them, one with malt, one without malt. Well, of course, you know, you gotta, gotta have that, you gotta mix that malt it up. variety in there. And, it, like, the nectar of the gods. The day that it came off their menu, a piece of me died. <laughs> Did they have a hot chocolate one as well? Because yeah. I, I think we ordered the hot chocolate shake, which is, of course, an oxymoron. But it's, it is what it is, and it was delicious. Once upon a time, Mark Madden. Oh. Ooh. replied to a porn star well, on that's, Twitter that's about buying her frozen hot chocolate and it was a big deal in Flyers Twitter. This was probably, at this point, probably like 10 years ago. That is, I, I have to say, that is such a, a bizarre thing to think about is just how far back these Flyers Twitter references can go at this yeah. point. There is a whole, there's a decade plus of history now with Flyers Twitter, and that's terrifying. And yes, Mark Madden is just... I, I remember this a little bit, because, again, anytime you can dunk on Mark Madden is a, a good time. <laughs> He's so just vile. And that just tweet was just like... Disgusting. Oh, 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 oh yuck. <laughs> it's just like an intersection of disgusting things, and you're just like, oh, yeah. It's bile in the back of your throat. Oh, yeah. No, that's totally it. Like, ew. <laughs> And so I, the thing about been, Mark Madden that didn't fly purpley. <laughs> yes, I know. We can just end the episode right here. Now, the thing about Mark Madden is also just like I I love when people will come in and defend him 
And the closest I can think of as a, a Philly, I guess, equal to that is maybe like Angelo Cataldi or something. And I can't imagine oh, any yeah. Flyers fan coming in and vehemently defending Cataldi to a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm trying to think who do people get real worked up about down here? Well, people love to... Well, the thing is, like, I feel like the Philly sports fans, like, they, they don't really defend their hosts down here. It's yeah. more about... We actually just dunk on the local hosts all the time. Like, Missinelli is a big one. I mean, I, 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 I can't even tell you how many times I have watched that gif of him dribbling coffee down his shirt. That is one of the funniest got funniest damn things I've ever seen. It's so good. Yeah. He's he's another one that's just gross. <laughs> Didn't he was it him that threw the tantrum one day and threw off his headset and it was caught on video? Correct. That was a hundred percent him. And yeah. just Fuck professionalism. That <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck exactly. That guy. Exactly. Ugh. I hate them all. It's not great. It's <laughs> they're not great. I haven't listened. I, I can't even tell you the last time I listened to sports talk radio. It's again, that's probably a decade plus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even bother. I listen to podcasts and maybe Pandora in my car, but usually it's podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts and whatever, you know, old rock because I, I I'm very outdated. I'm, I'm too old for the, the kids and whatever the hell they're listening to these days. I, I'm the old man of Flyers Twitter here, and I just got to say, get off my lawn. You know, we had, didn't we have a conversation this week or early or late last week about just like how old all of us are when we brought yes. in, we brought in Eamon. We brought in of, sweet baby, <laughs> sweet baby Eamon, true friend of the show though. And he is just a, a child who has really lit us all up with some energy and conversation oh i know it, it, this slack was just completely for those i'm sure everybody's aware i've mentioned the broad street hockey slack on here a few yeah. times but our slack chat is it's bizarre we've got so many deep cuts <laughs> going back many many years i get pinged for my name for things that have nothing to do with me constantly uh and usually it involves scott hartnell steve hartnell is a a, a way back reference right there and it comes up still to this day but in recent recent weeks it had kind of gotten a little bit like well we've all been in quarantine for so long that we just have nothing to discuss anymore yeah and Eamon came in and it's a lightning bolt yeah which is good he's a joy but also he's still in college and um we are past my 10-year anniversary of graduating from college Oh, it's it's well past that for me. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm. I think I'm hitting 15 this year. I, I 15 years, and okay. to put this in perspective, I was Scott Hartnell even a Philadelphia Flyer when I was in college? Is the question? Ooh, that's a fun game to play. Oh, was he a Philadelphia Flyer when I was in college? Well, I'm gonna find out right now. Which everybody loves hearing me type. <laughs> on the microphone there's just nothing no better sound in this world than that all right let's see scott hartnell was a philadelphia flyer from 0708 to 2013-14 so the answer is scott hartnell was a flyer for actually no he he wasn't if he 
started at the end of 07. So no, Scott Hartnell was not a Philadelphia Flyer when I was in college. He was for me. So, all right, at least we've got that. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know if, if Richards and Carter had come up at that point. I mean, we're talking Gagne. We're talking Forsberg. Those kind of guys when I was in college. Oh, we're talking lockout when I was in college. Oh, yeah. The, the full season. Yeah. A, a great time to just lose all interest in hockey. Yeah. Which I didn't, but it was tempting. I remember distinctly making fun of someone who played on the Drexel ice hockey team. And I was like, your sport sucks. It doesn't even exist right now. <laughs> and look where you are now. And look where I am. <laughs> In fairness, I would still tell them that his sport sucks. Oh, no. Please like my sport will not enjoy that statement from you. The fucking NHL today put out a... Uh, a statement on racism against Asian and Pacific Islanders. Um, I think I'm missing a word in there. I think they called it the AAPI, which I don't know what that stands for. So I'm trying to look that up. Um, and they had to disable the comments on it. Ugh. Like that's how, that's how good this league is. Um, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. So I was right. It is it is AAPI. It's it's a very basic statement. The recent surge in violence against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders is senseless and reprehensible. The National Hockey League stands with the AAPI community and condemns all acts of violence, bullying, and discrimination. We ask you to join us in demanding that everyone be treated with dignity and respect. And they hashtagged it stop asian hate and disabled the replies oh my god like you would think that there is a a statement right there that no reasonable person could disagree with and then right. yeah right and and yet they know their audience well enough to be like nope we don't trust you <laughs> it's sad it's very sad that that is the case, and it's justifiably the case. I mean, we've just seen too many occasions, and I'm specifically looking at poor, poor Keandre Miller from when he was introduced to the fan base, and just too many situations where shit like that has happened when the door has been open, and it's just, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. I don't think I'm legally able to comment on Keandre Miller. That's or fair. anything related to him and or the rangers and or um uh whatever that guy's name is yeah it doesn't matter it, it's really oh tony d'angelo that's the other one legally oh. i cannot comment on any of these i was gonna things. say his name is just completely fucking irrelevant anyway so it doesn't matter it just does not matter <gasps> in any way shape or form well the you know the fact of the matter is the rangers fucking suck they're at the bottom of the standings for a reason Let's not talk about them. We don't need They're to talk about so them. They're so trash. The whole organization, I, ugh, I can't, but. <laughs> we don't need to talk about them. We, we can talk about the shitty ass Buffalo Sabres who lost. Ooh, yeah, let's talk about how bad they are. They lost to the Flyers three to nothing twice over the weekend, which. A it, it's a, that was, sadly, we didn't record before last night's game because that really uh, 
it took the shine off of that that weekend series because that was just it was nice to have two easy wins which doesn't happen often for the flyers you can just breathe freely and and not have to worry about the specter over your shoulder that is the philadelphia flyers and (laughs) two shutouts back to back that shit never happens i couldn't believe it and then they had they just Completely shit the beach against the Pittsburgh Penguins yesterday. Let's talk about these two three nothing wins though, because it was just, it was nice. It was nice to see them take care of business. And yeah, I'm sure the more negative parts of Flyers Twitter will come in and say, "Oh, uh, well, that's what they were supposed to do." Well, they don't always do what they're supposed to do. They got blown out by the friggin' Sabers earlier this year. So I will take these wins all day, every day. They absolutely did get blown out by these same exact Buffalo Sabres earlier this season. So it was really nice to hold this team to no points and no goals and have them all for ourselves. That was really great. Um, all of I the think guys... we caused them to completely self-destruct, too. Like, they were doing it's bad beautiful. before that, but they really down-spiraled after. <laughs> After it's, facing the Flyers yeah. getting shut out twice. Like they they are just a complete wreck. And it feels like Jack Eichel has gone from might be traded maybe to oh shit, I think this guy's actually getting traded. I love that. I hate Jack Eichel, but I respect his power grab when he decided to name himself as captain, GM, and coach of the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres commander, I believe, is the proper term. My bad. Yeah, no, that's exactly what he is. Um, and then to just be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> I I respect it. I think oh, yeah. that more players should be doing what Jack Eichel has done and is doing. I'm looking at you, Connor McDavid. Oh, God. Connor McDavid, that ship has sailed. He has already lost all of his power there. It's it just, it's insane. They have two of the best players in the NHL. And you you already knew they were going to waste their careers, but it becomes more evident every day. And it's just, it's very, very sad for the game. Yeah. Oh, he should have. He should have done the Jack Eichel power grab, but it's too late. It's too late for him. I'll never understand why he signed a contract there for the rest of eternity. I never will either. And it's not like he made that much money. Like he's already get, other guys are already making more than him on the contract. And he's stuck in Edmonton. Edmonton. Of all places i mean i guess they have covid under control there but still Ugh, it's too it's too late for connor um but jack eichel see you later hopefully not in whatever division the flyers are in next oh season God. i don't even know what they're are they going to just go back to what the divisions were are they going to keep these covid divisions how is that going to work I think they're probably going to go back to what the divisions were, especially with Seattle coming in so they can finally have even teams everywhere. Oh, true. I bet, who do we think is going to complain the most when they go back? Hmm. Probably a team. Not Boston. (laughs) Well, actually, Boston might because then they'll have Tampa Bay back in their division. Right. I mean, Toronto, too, because. Oh, Toronto is loving this. Toronto is cleaning up. But they're going to complain when they get Boston back. Oh, yeah. Because then they're automatically, I mean, it's either Boston or Tampa Bay winning that division almost every year. And Toronto's just, they're cleaning up right now. But then you just know when they're going to hit the playoffs, there's going to be some delicious Toronto tragedy. Maybe that's actually something to keep an eye on. Because if 
if Toronto gets mad enough about going back to the other divisions, it may not happen. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they've gotten pretty mad in the past and nothing has happened. That's true. Like, I feel like they talk such a big game and every now and then they'll get a small concession. But for the most part, they're like, yeah, we'll take care of it, Toronto. And they don't do anything about it. Right. Huh. Funny. Anyway, um, so Jack Eichel didn't play on Saturday, but did play on Sunday, if I'm remembering correctly. That is correct. And what, which is why Saturday was the easier win of the two. Saturday, right. I really, I, I felt so comfortable in the third period and I, I can't remember the last time I, I felt know. that way about the Flyers. Sunday, I had a, a sense of unease for a good period of that game. And that is what a difference maker he is for that team. I mean, they are, he's that team. Flat out. Like, Panarin is that for the Rangers, and Eichel is that for the Sabres. Ugh. Yes. I'm I'm grouchy again about the team that plays in the train station because Panarin was lighting. not a Rangers very re- until very recently, but now he is. And gross. I hate hating him. I know. That makes it worse because he's so good on the ice. A lot of questionable stuff has happened recently off the ice with him, and I don't know whether we are ever going to get any answers about what happened with Artemi Panarin back in Russia. Yeah. Yeah, that's that whole situation. I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't either. That. I don't either. Um, And I, I think that if there were anything to say, you and I both, very obviously have spoken out against domestic violence every opportunity we've gotten. Um, But this situation is so complicated and so messy, I think is the right word to use. uh, Messy is a great word. The political implications that I, I don't even want to comment on it because it just seems like there's a lot more going on there than we know about. It's not every day that you have a situation that could be influenced directly by a world leader, let alone one of the the great, like, you know, powers of the world. Yeah, so we're just not going to touch that, and we're going to keep trying to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Yes, yeah, so let's not end up on any, you know, any lists anywhere. Let's try and avoid that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. So... I also hate Taylor Hall now, which I never really did. Sure, because he was pretty irrelevant. Yeah, I didn't even hate him with the Devils. The only thing I hated with the Devils was the fact that he won MVP and Claude Giroux had an amazing year. Yeah, he took Claude's trophy. Yeah. And that was rude. And I don't tolerate rude, so that was it for my relationship with Taylor Hall. <laughs> How rude. It was just rude. Rude. Uncalled for. But he's still really good, and that's unfortunate. Um, They obviously didn't score any goals, so their top-ranked power play is no longer top-ranked, I don't think. That's a don't, shame. Don't fact-check me on that. I won't. I guarantee. There's no way to find out. There's just no way to tell. There's no way. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a really, they were really good games. They were fun. They were easy to watch. I enjoyed them. And it was nice to see Claude Giroux come back from the Rona and 
look as good as he did. Yes, that was a breath of fresh air. And I, I think it's been a long chronicled history at this point of Claude Giroux getting shit on, even when he's playing good hockey. Oh, yeah. So it was nice to see him play like universally praised hockey that everybody could see and say, oh, that is good hockey. <laughs> oh, oh, that Claude guy. He is good. He is good. Oh, and he plays both ends of the ice. Who knew? <laughs> we did. We knew. Oh, my God. It, it, I, nothing has driven me crazier. We talked about a decade plus of, of Flyers Twitter, and that's pretty much all been Claude Giroux's time. And nothing has dri driven me crazier just over the shit this man has gotten. For a guy who's going to end up being a top all-time flyer, like not the top all-time flyer, obviously, but he's going to be up there because he's up there in a number of records. Didn't he just break one the other day? I can't. I oh, so. God, he did. And I can't remember what it was. Now, this I will actually look up. Yeah, he broke. So he's I know that he's second all time for something. But I don't remember what it was. I know that they I think they gave him a puck and I can't. Second all time worst captain in Flyers history. Obviously. Well, who's first? Well, the, the first worst is still Mike Richards, of course. But Oh, duh, of course. Of course, duh. The that, doy. That, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Complete sarcasm, folks, because I am a huge Mike Richards fanboy to this day, and uh, Claude Giroux is the man. But I think Jason Smith might still get the award for at least least relevant Flyers captain of all time. <laughs> I think you're right. Probably the most generic name, too, of the bunch. Did did he spell it with a Y? No, I don't think so. I think it was just a, a regular, regular old Smith. Okay. Yeah. Nothing unique there. I'm, look, I'm looking this up, too, because I feel like this is something that should not be taking this long to find. Well, okay, so games played... Claude Giroux is ahead of Bill Barber now. Uh, he has 906. Bill Barber is 903. Possibly games so played. So is he second there? Yes. Bobby All right, Clark. that's what it was. There's there's a considerable difference still between Claude Giroux and Bobby Clark. Bobby Clark has 1,144 games played for the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. Claude Giroux, 906. So a little bit of a mountain to climb. Not impossible, though. Not Not undoable. Yeah, then that had to have been it. That seems like where it's at from everything I'm looking at here, because points, uh, Claude passed Rick McLeish a minute ago. He's, he's coming up on Brian Prop. He's 20 points away from Brian Prop right now. Nice. Yeah. Oh, he'll Which get would that put him... easily this season. Yeah. So if Claude gets <laughs> easily, we well, shall see. It's got 20 little... points. He should be able to do 20 points. How many games are left at this point? Um, a lot. We're only a third of the way through the season, but the rest of the season, I think, takes place in like two months. Oh, my God. These guys are just going to be completely wiped out when we get to the playoffs. Just yeah. exhausted, drooling on the ice, sleeping. It's going to be great. Yeah, but the good news is that everyone else will also be exhausted, drooling and sleeping on the ice. Well, then it's all about conditioning. Yeah, which it's a good thing we had two guys that took all of last year off. That was that joke was in poor taste. <laughs> no, I, I well, 
Half of it was. No, it, it all was. It all was. It was all in poor taste. But I appreciate both of those gentlemen very, very much. I Even do though, I mean, they're it's not, they're it's not a hot take to say I appreciate them, especially. I mean, I don't know. I I, I feel I feel so bad for those guys because I feel like they're still ca- getting up to speed. They're still oh, yeah. getting a feel for the game, and I think a lot of people forget that in the course. I, although I haven't seen, I haven't seen a ton of criticism of Oscar Limbaugh no. because I, I think everybody is very understanding of that situation. Also, Oscar hasn't. I wouldn't say he's stood out per se, but he hasn't been hurting the team in any way. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nolan Patrick, and I know I don't want to speak too ill of Nolan Patrick at any point in front of you, Steph, because you will drive over to my house and coronavirus be damned, stomp my face in. I know where you live now. You do. You do. <laughs> yes, which is uh, still a very, very funny thing that you were in that neighborhood. But yes, Nolan Patrick I think has given people a little bit more, I I think, aggravation this year as far as his inconsistency in play. And I, I think Nolan Patrick is amazingly talented. I want to get him back on track, but he's definitely taken more guff uh, than, than Oscar, of course. Oh, people love to hate him, which they it's, it's become, him. it's become entire personality traits at this point is hating Nolan Patrick. Fine. Okay. Great. Good for you. <laughs> he's still what? He's twenty-two. Just twenty-two in September. Um, missed a year and a half of hockey, and he's keeping up out there. He's he's not playing great, but he's not playing poorly. Um, and I was listening to parts of this week's Broad Street Hockey Radio this afternoon. I haven't finished it yet. But um, I was listening to parts of it, and I think Charlie was saying um, that we don't know what Nolan Patrick's ceiling is, and we also don't really know what to expect from him, which is fair. Um, But I think that if we look at um, what he was doing with the Flyers in the two seasons prior the 17 18 and 18 19 seasons where you know he had 13 goals in each season and um 30 and 31 points in each season if that's what we're looking at at his floor like he's very clearly a a nhl player like he's very clearly at least a third line player and that's his rookie and rookie plus one season if, you know, if he can get, I don't know what his stats look like this year. I'm doing my best. <laughs> what, what do we got, Steve? I hear you typing away. I'm typing away. That's And I'm here to be stat guy today. Uh, Nolan Patrick has two goals and three assists for five points in 19 games played. All right. Not great. Not, not great. great. But again, this is a guy who missed the entirety of last year is still, I mean, figuring himself out as an NHL player. What I always look at with Nolan Patrick is the raw skill set, those flashes of brilliance we have seen from him. And I really feel like the coaching staff needs to find a way to get him up to speed. And again, a lot of that might just be him having to, I guess, get back to the, the shape, the NHL shape 
which is it's tough. I mean, it, it, the NHL, I think people sometimes forget just how fast paced of a game it is. It's something yeah. that really might not come through on. Te- I know for a fact it doesn't come through on television. You always see it when you're when you get to the game. You're like, holy shit, this is fast. Right. And getting up to speed has definitely been a struggle. But what I always look at with Nolan Patrick are those flashes of brilliance, those goals when he's his hands are so good. And yeah. how do you get those those passing skills? How do you get uh, those goal scoring skills out there more consistently for the world to see? That's really the the challenge and the question. It is, and you know this the schedule this season is insane. So if he's already struggling to come back into hockey shape, and he has said many times he's a slow starter, so. In in normal circumstances, we would be, what, 19 games into the season, what, like, into November, had the, the season actually started in October? I think so, something like that. Like, into, yeah, like, it's still early in the season in terms of a regular season. He's a slow starter, and he's trying to get back into shape. I had... Are you ready for my crazy thought? I'm so ready for your crazy thought. Lay it on. And I'm I'm acknowledging that it's a crazy thought. Let's galaxy brain this shit. So remember Sean Couturier when he was very young? Yes. And being used. I mean, he was they're different hockey players, different styles of player. Sure. Well, Couturier has always been known for the defensive prowess. Like, that is from day one what his thing was. And then he added the offensive component in recent years when there were old men who were going, Couturier, what does he even do? Whereas Nolan Patrick came in definitely with more of a reputation on the offensive side. But he's not bad defensively. Yeah, which I mean, <laughs> I, I'm that sorry was that a very I, long pause. <laughs> I know, I know. I was there was a recent play. It might have been in the Pittsburgh game where he was a disaster defensively. That was okay. on the tip of my. It's very recent though. Okay, all right. So he's not a disaster defensively. I'll accept I, that. I just like what if I don't remember what the rest of the thought was, but. <laughs> It is. It was more like just drawing parallels to early Couturier and early Patrick. Like maybe don't give up on this dude yet. Oh maybe yeah. Maybe there's a skill set that he that we haven't seen yet. Don't give up on him. No, and I think the people who want to give up on him are bonkers. They're insane. It, it, I've seen too many Flyers get given up on this young, this early in their career, that end up being just amazing later on. I'm looking at Patrick Sharp who did not get a chance here, got traded away for nothing and ended up having a fantastic NHL career where I spent half of that career going, how do we get Patrick Sharp back? Yeah. Do you know who I want to talk about next? Who do you want to talk about next stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Joel Farabee. Oh, let's, I could talk about Joel Farabee. I could talk about the bees. Oh God, not the bees all day. I love what this guy is doing right now. He's he's having an unbelievable season. I am so happy that he's a flyer and that he's just found the next level to his game. I love everything about Joel Farabee and I'm I'm acknowledging that he has a soul patch. And we're just <laughs> we're rolling with it. 
in the year of our Lord 2021, this man is still rocking a soul patch like he's 2009 Chase Utley. Yeah. And we're, we're rolling with it. He just turned 21. He just turned 21. And he looks like, I don't know, he looks like a seasoned NHL vet right now. He is, yeah. he's the second best offensive threat on this team right now. Because Van Riemsdyk, I still can't believe we're talking about James Van Riemsdyk just killing it, having his best year in, I don't know, forever, maybe ever. He's been amazing, but Farabee is right up there with him. Farabee has been just so rock solid. And I think the thing about Farabee that is very pleasing as a Flyers fan and and having watched this team for years with all their passers and they're very good passers. Don't get me wrong, but (laughs) Farabee shoots the goddamn puck. He fires away and it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, it's like the sniper that we've been waiting for forever. Oh, yeah. I love Joel Therapy. That was it. We don't have to, we could continue to talk about him, but that was all I wanted to say. We could gush over Joel Farabee, but I think we're all doing the same thing. And every time he has the puck, you're watching and waiting because you know something special is going to happen. And that's a hell of a feeling. I mean, we've been talking for years about watching these kids like come up and play and and get in there. And we often forget how young these guys are in the, the full spectrum of things. But it's very satisfying to see them come together and see guys like Farabee and Sanheim and Myers, you know, see these guys really come together and and play some good hockey. Yeah, we've earned this. Like, we really have. We sat here patiently watching and waiting. all the years of Paul Holmgren, like, we've earned it. Oh, yeah. Well, the end of Paul Holmgren is still so just painful to me in in so many ways because i mean for every good move every brilliant move that man made he made five crazy moves yeah that's his whole thing yeah yeah and then of course you have the very divisive ron hextall who let's talk about ron let's talk about ron for a minute because ron is in pittsburgh the blood traitor and we just had to watch so the, since the last time I recorded a full fly purpley, Ron Hextall went and made his first very minor move against the Flyers, but it was like a, a little shot across the bow when the Flyers put Mark Friedman on waivers and Ron went in and snatched him up, which in the, you know, full range of things is not really a big deal because I like Mark Friedman, but he's just, he's just a, a regular ass hockey player, right? He's, he's just not, a guy. It's just a guy. But, you know, a little bit of a shot across the bow, right? To say, like, uh, I'm going to take this guy from you that you probably could use this year with, you know, all the all the person, uh, the many games you're playing and, and potential personnel issues. So, you know, a little bit of a shot across the bow. And then, of course, this goddamn game against the Penguins yesterday, Mark Friedman had to go and notch an assist. It just had to happen because why wouldn't it? Why would that not be our live, our our live, our lives? That is just, it's the most Flyers thing to pot. The Actually, it only would have been more Flyers if he had scored a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Ugh, I, Mark Friedman, I've never really cared about Mark Friedman from the beginning. Like, sure, college guy. He's fine. He's small but fiery it's literally every other college hockey player 
you're well, talking about. Like yeah. any undrafted like college guy, it's pretty much he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. And there were many years that he just did not make this team and there wasn't room for him. And in my opinion, if you couldn't make a spot for yourself on this team this year, which he was in and out of the lineup, but still the defense blows. You couldn't find us. You couldn't make a name for yourself on this team this year. Then you're probably not that strong of an NHL player. Well, especially in that early part where Shane Gostaspare was out when that was a clear chance to come in and make an impression and really get solidify yourself in the lineup. I mean, Gostaspare was out. You've got Robert Haig. You've got uh, Eric Gustafson at the bottom of the lineup, which are obviously not great players. And the anti-Gus bus. Yeah, exactly. And you've also got a a right-handed shot on a team that is desperately looking for a right-side, right-handed shot defenseman. And he just couldn't really crack the lineup with all of those things in his favor. Yeah. Yeah, I he's just a guy to me. I don't care about Mark Friedman. I didn't care when he was claimed. The fact that it was Ron Hextall made me care a little bit, but not enough to get like real up in arms. Oh yeah. Like I was mildly upset about losing a guy for free and what felt like a little bit of an, uh, an unnecessary loss because I think the reasoning that big Al came out and said was that they wanted to bump Nate Prosser up in the rotation, which <laughs> is like right. <laughs> Nate Prosser oh. is basically, he's slightly younger than me, which in hockey terms is 70 years old. And <laughs> He's not he's not a guy that you really need to, like, go out on a limb to really bump up in the rotation. You know, it's not you don't have to make any extra circumstances. But if they really felt like obviously they they felt that much more strongly about bumping Prosser up than losing Friedman that whatever. But of course, again, he he notched a a goddamn assist in that game. That game was so irritating on, on so many levels to me. It was it was bad. It was bad and not good. Because it, it starts off, you get the news that Sidney Crosby's in COVID protocol. Which sounds like this should be a really good omen. I put 15 bucks on the Flyers winning that game when I got that news. I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. That was, I, I was cursed right there. And uh, it sounded like a great omen. And then, of course, the Flyers, I mean, there it was an okay start. But it just got away from them just so damn quickly as a lot of these Flyers-Penguins games do. Yeah. And it's frustrating because the Penguins aren't that good right now. So, you know, you think that this is it. They're they're going to take back Pennsylvania. And we did that the first two games of the season. We crushed them. And then, and then, <laughs> last night happened. That was very dramatic. Uh, I am a dramatic person. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> And, you know, Travis Konechny comes back from COVID and everyone that had come back from COVID was just lighting it up and he did not. So just disappointments across uh, across the fucking whatever. Find a Delaware word. Valley. Yeah. <laughs> I, across the board. I think disappointments across That's the board what is I the good term. Say. Yeah. Well, and Konechny, I, I think he's just, it, besides the hat trick game with the giant gritty hat, which is amazing and a season highlight, 
he really hasn't done much this year, which is just awful because he was the team's best player in the regular season last year. Mm. Um, I don't love that line of thinking. Um, because I, I don't love what he's been putting out there. Unfortunately, that's I mean, fair. I'm a that's huge fair. Travis Konechny fan. And when he's at his best, he is drawing penalties. He is scoring goals. Like he's everywhere. And I just, I don't know. I haven't really noticed him this year, and that sucks. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up because I I get my back up about Travis Konechny because I consider him family. Travis Konechny is a top five like favorite flyer on this team for me. Like he is. I, I love Travis Konechny, and I I love what he brings to the game. And when he's going, he's a perfect flyer. Because yeah. he can score, he can piss people off, getting, you know, I, I, it, nobody talks better trash on this team than Konechny. He annoys the shit out of everybody. But I just haven't, he hasn't been bringing it as consistently this year. And again, they're, it, 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 very extraordinary circumstances uh, for the second year in a you know, or, yeah, second year in a row. I can yeah. go ahead and say that. And yeah. I, I do give some guys some leeway for that, but I really would like to see more from Konechny because he is just such a difference maker for this team when he's on. Yeah. So last year he was nearly a point per game player. Um, this year, not quite so much. So out of 13 games, he's got five goals, three assists. So eight points in 13 games. Not great. Not great. Not where I wanted to be, but no. it's as we were saying about Nolan Patrick, it's relatively early, and I think we keep forgetting that because we're used to this point in hockey season being the wind-down period where, okay, we're getting ready for the playoff pushes. I mean, March is playoff push time. Yes. And I think that's where we're all at mentally right now, and it's driving all of us a little crazy. I think you're completely right. You know, this is – we sh the trade deadline should have happened already. Like, we should we should really be making our, our final push – for the playoffs around now, we should have our fourth line center, there. our deft defenseman that we always get at the trade deadline that everybody's always so monumentally disappointed in. Uh, but that's we should okay, have our Nate Thompson. This, this year, we're going to love the, the predator that we pick up. <laughs> I'm loving this predator's fire, fire sale right now. I know Eamon's not loving it, but I'm loving it. It's fun for me personally, and that's all I care about. Sorry, Eamon. Sorry. You know, Eamon did come through. I, I've got some notes here uh, on one of the biggest targets from the Predators here. And Eamon did come through with a little little scouting report for of us. Of course so he did. He's an angel. Yeah, it's an angel. I'm ready for it. We're oh, we just want to get into it right now. I'm down with oh, that. Oh, we don't have to. I mean, it's your I don't want to. You know what? I don't need to talk about this Penguins game anymore. I just wanted to mention one thing on that. Fucking Cody Cece and Mike uh. Matheson scored in that game like i can take kasperi kapanen i can take brian fucking rust who i can't stand because i don't know he just sounds like a bench player with that name but <laughs> cody cc and mike matheson who were two guys that when the penguins signed them i think flyers the, the whole flyers community pretty much raised a glass and and did a toast to them picking up those just shitty players I think Matheson is more of a mediocre to bad player, whereas CeCe is a flat-out shitty player. And, yeah. of course, they scored goals last night. Like, that just, what a disaster that game turned into. It's one yeah. game. It's two points. 
but I really was hoping the team would ride the momentum from the Sabres game, would take advantage. You don't want Crosby to be out in COVID protocol. You obviously don't want that. You don't want any of these guys to be getting COVID. But if you're the Flyers and you're the best player who always destroys you on the other side is out, you really need to take advantage of that. Yeah. And they play this stupid team another two times this week. Which, which is absurd. I is like, so absurd. Uh, you just but can't get away. They, like Crosby should still be out, so that's good. And it's not even Malkin. It's the thing, like ugly ass Malkin's not even the one in there killing you. It's these no. guys like Kapanen and Rust and Cody Cece. Kaka Pee. Um it's all just unfortunate. It is. And you know what else is unfortunate? This is a little bit peek behind the curtain for Broad Street Hockey. We had two people recap the game last night by accident. <laughs> so two of our staff writers had to pay extra attention to that shit game and, oh and then write about it for only one of them to get published. And I feel so bad <laughs> that they, like, it could have been a night off without hockey for some of these, for at least one of them. But no, we had, we had two. So however bad your viewing experience was, it was worse for someone else in the broad street hockey. Oh, that's just, that's just tragic. Yeah. It was, it was a, a bad night. <laughs> awful, 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 awful. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about the, the main trade target that I think is on everybody's minds right now, because defense is obviously the Flyers' problem, but, you know, we can always use a sniper 20 on this team because everybody wants snipers. They want people who shoot one of those, but that's not where the focus really should be defense is where the focus is and should be. And the Nashville predators have a prime candidate. He might be the number one trade target out there right now. That's certainly the number one, not named Jack Eichel. Matthias Ekholm is the, he's pretty much the defensive trade target out there. And 
pretty damn good one from all indications. What I really like about this guy, sadly, he doesn't play the right side. If he played the, he plays the right side sometimes from what Eamon told me. But if he played the right side, it would be just such a perfect trade target that the Flyers would be fools to not rush out and, and get him. But still, top four defensemen. You can't sneeze at that for a team that is struggling uh, defensively like the Flyers. And he's 30 years old. Best thing about him, that cap hit is fantastic. He's got one more year after this, 3.75 mil, which is just a, a fantastic cap hit for a player of this caliber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good deal, and he's a very good player. And our defense sucks so much, he would make an immediate impact. Even if our defense didn't suck so much, he would make an immediate impact. I would give my entire life for Ekholm on the Flyers. The whole thing, just you can the whole have thing. It. The whole thing. That's a bold statement, but I'm into it. We already knew the Flyers were going to kill me one day, so let's accelerate the process and get a good player in return. Yeah. I, I don't know who can disagree with that one. It doesn't seem like too much to ask. That's all I'm saying. That's all you're saying. That's all I'm saying. Ekholm's 30 years old, 6'4", 215 pounds, left-handed shot, seven points this season, three goals, four assists. And he's been pretty consistent over the last few years at 30 to 40 point range, somewhere around there. Right. And for, for a team that really hasn't been known for much on the offensive side, like when Nashville was good, they were being carried by their defense. Like who who do they even have that scores goals right now? Matt Duchesne, who we hate. I hate. I've Other dropped Duchesne from two fantasy hockey teams this year, so he's not doing very good. Okay, good. Uh, and they've got Forsberg, who, you know, is good. He's good. He They got him in a very lopsided trade, and that's pretty much that. Yeah. But who else, who scores for them? Like, their defense was their calling card. It's been their calling card for pretty much their entire history. Right. And Eckholm was part of that. So let's uh, bring him home. Bring and home. bring him home. It's we all time. know Matthias Neckholm, uh, famously from the Philadelphia, South Jersey area here. From Delco. Yep. From Del- Delco zone. Matthias <laughs> Eckholm. Eckholm. It's time. It's something has to be done with this defense because it's, it's atrocious. Yeah. Phil Myers was a healthy scratch the other day. Um, I disagree with it. In theory, no, let me let me switch that around. I disagree with it in practice because we have three, four defensemen and the rest of them are potatoes. So the fact that you're going to pull a defenseman out and replace him with a potato is a problem. Potatoes. In theory... In theory he was playing really poorly. Like there was absolutely a goal against that he was responsible for in whoever the Flyers played before the Sabres. I can't. Was, it was, oh, feels it was like the so Rangers. long ago. Oh, it was yeah, the yeah, Rangers yeah, yeah. and it was Chris Kreider. Oh my God. Oh, that Kreider game. 
that Crider game was insufferable because it's the same thing as with this Penguins game, except the Flyers won it and actually scored some goals. But the the Rangers won great player, Panarin, and if you look at the points, the difference between Panarin and the next guy is night and day. And Kreider comes out and scores a hat trick against the Flyers. Like, what? what insanity is that? Awful. Awful. I know the play you're talking about, though, where Myers really should have stepped up and just crushed Kreider. Like, I think back to, I think it was last season when Myers had that hit on, I want to say it was Oscar something from the, the Blue Jackets. And it was the end of the game. It felt like a classic. The Flyers are going to lose this game situation or they're going to, they're going to get it tied up at the end of the game and then lose an overtime kind of thing. And Myers steps up and just crushes this guy on the way to the um on the way to the net and like it's the kind of thing i want to see out of the flyers defenseman i've wanted to see out of flyers defenseman for years and it was such a, a great thing to see and i don't i'm not sure what has happened in recent weeks again we're talking about like a crazy schedule so maybe he's worn out or something but it what he was definitely not with it and laying out those kind of hits in that game no and he's six foot five and he's known to play with an edge like where is that where is that you can you can see him think on the ice and i don't want to see that i don't want phil myers thinking because (laughs) once he starts thinking and the rocks start tumbling around in there he gets lost (laughs) rocks i'm just imagining it like the the lottery ball machine yes except like gravel Oh, so, so a cement mixer. Yes. <laughs> That's what Phil Myers has going on in his skull. So shut it down. <laughs> Don't think. And just hit dudes. Shut it down. Gordon Ramsay style. See, I was thinking, I was thinking John Taffer, but Gordon Ramsay works too. Oh, yeah, Taffer. Stop trying to think, you idiot. Yes. Oliver Bjorkstrand is who I was thinking of. Ah. Uh, that yeah. is not who I would have said. That's not my first thought either. But good for Phil. Good Let's for Phil. Let's start playing we, some more. I want to see more of that from Phil and that offensive side that we know he has. Like, Phil is... It, it, you talk about, I was talking about the upside with Patrick. Phil Myers is a guy who has a tremendous amount of raw talent and upside to me, and I just want to see him play more consistently and get to that peak because I know, I know he's got it in him. I just want to see it more often. Our, yes, I agree. Our defense is so frustrating. I can't even focus on the problems with the forwards because I'm just so honed in on what is going on with our defense. Like Provorov doesn't look great. He doesn't look like shit, but he doesn't look great. Ghost is the savior. Like, Pushing 30, Shane Gostisbehere coming back is what's it, what has saved this defense. And and I'm using the word saved very loosely because we're still playing potatoes. <laughs> I'm um, loving that potato tra- term. What was that? I'm loving the potato term. I, that's what I decided they are. And I will never think otherwise. That's just what, um, who even are they? Um, Justin Braun, who actually has looked okay since he came back from COVID, but 
in my head he's still a potato robert haig potato oh, um oh that other guy gustafson potato gustafson who i who, who's i was looking at the stats last week and his offensive numbers not surprisingly are very good he's got yeah. a shocking amount of points in the games he's played but the the defense is just non-existent and that's his primary position i think it was charlie who said that Eric Gustafson is who everybody thinks Shane Gostas Bear is. Yes. That is a great point. Well done, Chuck. Um, no, that's totally it. And like we've seen, Shane Gostas Bear does do a defense from time to time because he is not as bad as Eric Gustafson. No, no. Like nowhere Eric near. Eric Gustafson is like he's worse than some of the worst defenders we've seen here in recent years. And we've seen some lousy ones. I'm looking at you, Andrew McDonald. Mm, I was going to go right to Nick Grossman. Nick Grossman's a great one. Cause I mean, that he's like, whenever you call an NHL defenseman, a statue or a pylon, that was Nick Grossman. Yeah. He is what I go to when I, when I start thinking about the real dark times in flyers fan history, it's Nick Grossman. It's, it was I've definitely got a podcast era. where I'm talking about Nick Grossman back in the day going like, well, this might work out. And oh boy, that was not oh. correct. It was just bad from top to bottom. Um, who? Oh, Travis Sanheim. I haven't talked about him yet. He's the last one. I love Travis Sanheim, but I still need to see more from him. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on with defense as a whole on this team this year. Like with Gosses Bear back, they should have two solid pairs to the point where whoever's on the third pairing shouldn't be able to drag this team down. But what do you think? Like what the hell is happening there? I have no idea. And the third pairing situation is just untenable. It's just awful. Yeah, I mean, Robert Haig is, I know he's everybody's favorite that doesn't like to look at those fancy stats or whatever, but I just don't, I don't know what the hell that guy does back there. I mean, he, I've talked about this for years at this point where he is recording these hits and I don't <laughs> see them. I don't know where they are. Somebody tell me where the hits are. That's all we're asking for. Where are the hits? Where's the beef? Where are the hits? Give me these two things and I'll be happy. Yeah. No, I don't know where they are either. And they're certainly not coming this season. No, no, definitely not. And like you would think, okay, we have a more defensive minded guy back there in Haig and you put him with Gustafson who only does offense and maybe they'll balance each other out. And instead it's just a, a complete disaster when you put both of them together. Yeah. It's really, really bad. I I have no answers, but I know that it needs to be solved and quickly. So give me a call tomorrow is what you're saying. Tomo as soon as possible. And it's going to cost a lot to get him. It might cost a Morgan Frost to get him. But I'm okay with that. I'm especially okay with that if... I, I don't know if he's part of your long-term future, or not long-term, but at least your your future for a couple of years. He's got one year left after this, but 
one of the big issues I see being brought up with this is the fact that the expansion draft is coming up next year. And presumably the Flyers on defense are going to be protecting Provorov, Sandheim, and Myers. And you you really have to protect Ekholm unless you worked out a specific deal with the Seattle Kraken. So is it worth taking away another forward that you're going to protect to, to make this deal? Or do you trade somebody, I don't know, that might be a potential target? I don't know. It's It's tough. Because essentially what you do, if you're not familiar with the... I'm talking to listeners, not you, Steph. You obviously know. Um, what you do is you're either protecting eight skaters or seven forwards and three defensemen. Your choice. Whatever you want to do there. And the Flyers pretty much have a set list. There's a great article that Kurt, Kurt wrote last year on this. But the Flyers have to protect Giroux and Kevin Hayes because they have no movement clauses. And presumably Konechny... Katori, obviously. And I would say Konechny, obviously. And then on defense, Proveroff, Myers, and Sanheim, which leaves basically one person to protect unless you really want to get nuts and not protect Myers, which I personally wouldn't do. But who knows? Maybe you're maybe you're into that. Maybe you hate Phil Myers and you don't want to see him there. But that would be the presumably top seven there, leaving one slot, which could be Ekholm, but then you would leave Lindblom, Patrick. I don't think Farabee is a... a a problem here because he is barely under two years. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I'm not sure. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know. I was a little confused on that because he's got like a year and a half in the NHL. I pay as little attention to the expansion draft as possible until the season's over and I need to worry about it. That's fair. But Farabee, if you have to protect somebody, I'm protecting Farabee all day because that he's dynamite and he's going to be a stud. Totally. Lawton, JVR, and Voracek are the the other players there, which you know, I, I would doubt they're going to protect JVR or Voracek. Uh, it would probably come down to Lindblom or Patrick. Which sucks because they would both be great assets for an expansion team. I... Like I said, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the expansion draft until this season is over and we need to start planning. Just because, you know, remember Vegas and we were all convinced it was going to be Michael Rothel that they took. Oh, yeah. We were convinced. And then they went and took Pierre Edward Belmar. Like, there's just no real projecting possible. Um now, the only reason it's coming up this year is because it plays a factor. The Flyers are good. Well, the Flyers are good, but also it plays a factor into making these decisions if you're the GM of whether, like, okay, this guy's got another year. Do I get this guy and then leave him unprotected? Or it, it makes these decisions a little tougher. Yeah, but, you know, GMs, they can, they can finagle. They'll figure something out, whether it costs a first-round pick to save Oscar Lindblom or, or Nolan Patrick or um, a first round and a third round pick or something. They'll, they'll figure it out. And at this point, give away draft picks. I don't care right now We're we need, we're not quite in win now mode, but we're also not, not in win now mode. If that makes sense. We're in win soonish mode. We're, we're, ready to take the next step mode 
I'm certainly approaching, please, for the love of God, don't waste Claude Giroux's career mode. Yes, that's another really good mode to be in. Yeah, I don't know why I said we're not in win-now mode. We are. Like, this team could win it all. We are. We're there. Bring me a good defenseman. Any good defenseman. Anyone. Well, especially if you're going to continue getting the production you're getting out of JVR and Farabee. I think that's really helping this team a ton. And that's not to say that uh, Claude Giroux and Kevin Hayes are certainly not producing, because they are. Giroux's at nearly a point-per-game pace, and I, I know Hayes is up there as far as the Flyers go in uh, in points. He's third Hayes on the team. Hayes is having such a quietly good season. I really love Kevin Hayes, and I will eat my words for years on my initial thoughts on that signing. Me too. Me too. I was very whatever about it, and that was dumb. Yeah. No, I th- I thought it was, uh, I just thought they were kind of throwing money away, and he's been a great locker room presence, a great leadership presence, and the guy produces. He's got seven goals, he's third on the team in goals, he's got 16 points, third on the team in points. Mm-hmm. And when Sean Couturier was out, nice to have a, a top center in there. It really was nice that we didn't just have to rely on Claude Giroux, and only Claude Giroux. <laughs> That's a very familiar tale. Yeah, the the past rest of my life. <laughs> the past rest of my life. Yeah, I'm dramatic. So what? I'm into it. I'm into it. One final, I just wanted to give the full scouting report from, from Eamon on this. Oh, uh, yeah. So Ekholm plays the left side, but he's done a bit, bit of both. He's definitely a top pair guy still and would probably be the Flyers number one as soon as he joined the team. He's coming off an injury, but has four points in his last three games. The thing the fan base seems to be bandying about is he's a black hole defense flea is bullshit. Uh, He's a good two-way guy. Overall, he's what Haig fans think that Bobby Big Hits really is, but even better and actually good. (laughs) Bobby Big Hits. Bobby Big Hits is an an old fly perfectly throwback right there. We've got about a million names for for Robert Haig, though. We got, uh, he's the hitman, or I think his, his fan base is the hitman, uh, Bobby Big Hits, uh, Body Bag Haig? Body Bag. Can't, can't forget Body Bag. Body Bag is a, an old favorite. There's a million nicknames for a guy who I don't even want to see on the ice. <laughs> but he's Oscar Lindblom's best friend. So he's there for moral support, much like Luke Shen. Yes. And Chris Stewart. Yes. What do you think the Flyers go out and get the other, get TVR because JVR misses his bro? You know, we had an article about that. Thomas wrote it this week about other cheap rental options. And TVR was one of the options that Thomas listed. And I'm not going to say that it didn't pique my interest because I was immediately like, huh. That guy used to be a Flyers killer. Maybe. Hmm. It doesn't always work out in our favor getting the killer on this team, though. But if he's a cheap rental option, maybe we should try it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally unopposed to that, given the shape of the defense right now. Hey, and it's always great getting the other brother. I mean, come on. Remember getting Wayne Primo for Keith Primo or Brett Lindros for Eric Lindros? Wait, we didn't do either of those, but. None of those things happened. We got... Uh, for good reason. 
we got the bad Shen for the good Shen, except that's still the good Shen movie. started playing bad when the bad Shen came over. And let us not forget, they both have Stanley Cups now. Oh my god, it pains me. Both of them, not just the one. Both of them, Stanley Cup champions. And Patrick Maroon was there for both championships. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> I just don't understand how what this universe works. What a delight. Sigh. Yeah. Steph, one final issue I wanted to bring up today. Okay. Fans are going to be allowed back in the Wells Fargo Center. Yes. As of March 7th. Yes. A quick rundown of the things the Flyers have trotted out there to make everybody feel good about this, to make good people the warm and fuzzies on this. Tickets will be sold in groups of two or four. No odd numbers, so sorry for you three-person groups. Priority wait list. They have a priority wait list for that, so get on that if you're interested. $11 million air filtration system has been put in there. State-of-the-art HVAC, state HVAC system. So, cool beans. Uh, they got clean teams, increased sanitation and cleaning, cashless transactions, temperature checks for the employees, and most important thing, you have to wear one of the following masks. It's either standard cloth mask, N95, a replica Garth Snow goalie mask, a Charlie Kelly style orange man full body suit, or I think the preferred op option amongst fans, a full gritty mask. Oh, God, yeah. Um... So here's, I, I've got a lot of thoughts and they're not quite aligned. So I am very, very nervous about cold weather, indoor, public settings. I think that it's far too soon, especially in Pennsylvania where the vaccine rollout has been horrific. I, I think that, it's just, it's too soon for everyone involved. So not just the players who, you know, we're all breathing the same fucking air. State of the art, whatever, system, HVAC system, or not. New air every 30 minutes. Yeah, you're still breathing the same air. Um, the officiating staff, the coaching staff, the concession staff, the... Um, seating attendants like it's just there's so much risk and then there's the fans themselves and if you're going to have fans in the stadiums you need to be giving them masks like you need to take that responsibility on yourself you can't just assume that everyone coming is going to bring their own law or not you have to be giving them masks if you're not Absolutely. doing that you're being negligent um, they should I, I be just, handing them out at the door. You scan your ticket. Here you go. Regardless, even if you brought one, hand it to them. Give people right. no excuse. Exactly. And have like boxes of disposable ones in the bathroom just in case something happens. Like Absolutely. you can't over prepare for something like this. You really can't. Like I, I can't, I, I for, lost my train of thought, but like, you're drinking at a hockey game. Like, let's say, worst case scenario, you vomit right into your mask <laughs> and you need a new one. You need to have them on hand. I hadn't even thought of that scenario. <laughs> Listen, 
That's I'm why not, you're the brains of this operation. I'm not saying it's outside of the realm of possibility. You need they just need to have extras available at all times. And and then there's the other thing, like people are gonna be drinking and eating, which means taking off the masks. I believe We saw that a ton in the Pittsburgh game last night. Yes. I believe that they have designated eating and drinking areas. At least they do for media right now. Like you cannot physically be in the seating space if you're drinking and eating. You have to be in the designated area. But that in my mind just makes it all the more dangerous because it's all of the people with no masks in a concentrated area. I I just think it's a bad idea right now. I think it's a bad idea I know they're hurting for money, but it's it's it feels not like an unnecessary risk. Yes, agreed. It's just not worth it. No, it's been driving me nuts. I'm I'm in agreement on everything you just said. The cold air indoors. If this is baseball, football, people are outdoors. Okay, yeah. I guess so. I still wouldn't go like you really I'm going to have to get two doses of vaccine before I'll even think about going to a sporting event. That's my personal opinion. I know some people are just raring to get back and cool, but I'm not there. And I really think this is just a a potential fiasco for for everybody. And it just seems dangerous. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm getting the second vaccine this week and I still like even after the two weeks, I still wouldn't go because it's just, it's too much of a risk. Yeah. And it just, it sucks. Cause you know, you want to see people at the game enjoying themselves. And I know it's a different atmosphere to have fans there. And I know it's better for the player or I, the players like it more, but I mean, it's this confined space. I can't get over this. The mm-hmm. fact that it's indoors, cold air, confined space, it just seems like this could be really bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about it, and I just don't think that it's necessary, especially especially on top of how bad Philly has done getting this vaccine rolled out. I have no idea when I'm getting one. I just have I signed up for everything I could to get information on it. No clue when I'm getting it. That's so frustrating. Whereas I, I you know, I'm not often envious of New Jersey, but right now I'm extremely envious of New Jersey because New Jersey, everybody I know in Jersey has pretty much like they already have their date lined up. They're ready to go. And I'm sitting here just shrugging. Yeah. Yeah. We did things pretty well. I don't know how I got mine as early as I did, because according to all of the official literature, like I'm not high risk, even though like. Everybody, I'm sure everybody listening knows my history. Like, I had a stroke. That's scary. Um, but they didn't classify me as high risk. But I got my shot before my father, who's in his 70s with COPD. He's Damn. since gotten it, but I don't know how I ended up on that list ahead of him. Huh. Whatever. I took yeah. it. I mean, whatever. As long as people are getting it, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. 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 I think unless you're very old or a healthcare professional, you're probably not getting it anytime soon in the city of Philadelphia. And that, that sucks, but it sucks. Uh, I guess it is 
what it is. I just, I really hope this doesn't really backfire on the Flyers. Like, because as soon as this was announced, they were proudly proclaiming, all right, we're back. Let's get people back in there. Let's, all right, guys, let's, I don't know. Let's be a little safe after all of this. The, the thing for me, it's been a year that we've all been enduring this. Mm-hmm. Let's not screw it up now, especially for people who haven't gotten it already. You don't need to go out and get it. You don't need to be part of that club. Nope. You really don't. It's not a good club to be a part of. I've heard it actually sucks. And it sucks for a long time, apparently. Maybe even the rest of your life. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. There have been a lot of really scary stories about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I I always worry about, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't worried about these rich athletes getting it and, oh, they're in great shape and whatever. But there's been so many stories of guys who just are still, who have had it that still are are enduring side effects from it. Mm Mm-hmm. Or people have lung damage forever, and I, I, it's very scary, and I think, I just don't think this is the time to throw precaution to the wind and, and get back in there, but we, they're moving forward with it, and if you are going, please be safe, please wear the mask, I, I've said this a billion times on this podcast at this point, but please do what you can and be safe and take care of yourself if you, if you do try to go to a Flyers game. Wash your damn hands and wear your damn mask and bring some disposables just in case the guy next to you is throwing up into it. (laughs) I mean, for a Flyers game, doesn't sound that out of the question. Or somebody fighting and getting your mask ripped off in the course of the fight. Right. These are people who, like us, probably haven't left their houses a lot recently. So, you know, things might go down. Just be prepared. Be prepared. Brace yourselves. All right, Steph. Final, final thing for the show here. I have a game for you. And you were, you were playing Quizzo right before this, so you're you're fully in game mode. I am, and I fucking rocked Quizzo in that round that I was able to play. So I'm so ready. Nice. What 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 kind of questions were you rocking in that? Um, it was location questions. So our host, um, Mike took pictures from space well not him personally but pictures from google he didn't go up into space and he did not not this time lazy um he took pictures from google of places on earth from outer space and you had to guess what those places were ah as somebody who works in logistics i'm impressed i nailed it i did so good nice well this is not this is not location based at all so we i was shall going see. i was going to make a game for you but then my life got very busy i was going to do antelope species or um hockey player oh okay okay i like that run that by me next time you're on okay i'm into it do not study your antelope species in the meantime I can almost guarantee you that will not happen. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm my, ready. My game for you yeah. is going to be former flyer or arcade fire. Oh no. Oh, arcade no. fire is a Canadian indie rock band that's operated since 2000. And the flyers are a hockey team that's operated since the 1960s. 
So, because they're a Canadian rock band, there can be some uh, some similar names that oh, have happened. Oh, no. Oh, this is going to be bad. Okay. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. First name, William Butler. Arcade Fire or former Flyer? Arcade Fire. Correct. William Butler, synthesizer, bass guitar, guitar, percussion, sitar, pan pipes, trombone, omnicord, musical saw, double bass, concertina, clarinet, gadolka, I don't know what the fuck that is, backing vocals, 2003 to present. What? That's yes. everything. He's a one-man band. <laughs> one-man band. And the, the reason I picked Arcade Fire is not only the, the Canadian influence, but also they've had like a billion people that have played for this band. Oh, uh, I see. That makes yeah. sense. I've never heard of them. They are an indie band, so that's that's probably why. Yep. If they're not Taylor Swift, I don't know who they are. <laughs> they're not definitely not Taylor Swift. 100%. Okay. okay. All right, great. Next name. Dave Snuggerid. Snuggerid. Snuggerud sounds like N U G G E R U D. How? What was that? S N U G G E R U D. That's that's a that's a Scandinavian. That's a flyer. Yes, that is a flyer. Right wing played fourteen games in ninety two ninety three. Two assists. Where's he from? Ah. Oh. I don't have that, but I will look at it real quick. No, you're fine. I ha I have to know if I'm you have to know. About him being Scandinavian. Let's see. Is he Dave Snuggerid is he's from Minnetonka, Minnesota. Oh my wow. All right. Yeah. I was wrong. Ah, but you got the question right. You're two for but two. You're I doing got great. The point. And that's what matters. That's what matters. That's all that matters at the end of the day <laughs> is if you got the point or not. All right, next name. Yeah. Kimby Daniels. Kimby? K-I-M-B-I. Kimby Daniels is an arcade fire. Incorrect. Kimby Daniels is a flyer, center, one goal and two assists in 27 games in 91-92 and 90-91 and 91-92. Damn it. So you are two for three currently. Still doing good. Still doing very good. It's fine. All right. Brendan Reed. Arcade Fire. Yes. Tap dancing, drums, percussion, and vocals on Arcade Fire EP. Is he tap dancing while playing the drums? I would imagine so. That's that's the only way to do it. I need to see that because it feels like performance art. It does. It definitely does. All right, next name for you. Yes. Doing great so far. Doing great. Only miss one. Tim Kingsbury. Tim Kingsbury. Well, see, that could go either way. Huh. Huh. Let me... Timothy. Hmm. I'm going to go with Arcade Fire again three times in a row. Okay, well, you are correct. Tim ah! Kingsbury, I thought was going to get you. I thought that was a good one, and that it, it is, was close. That is a really good one. It is. That could have gone in either direction. Bass guitar, guitar, double bass, keyboards, and backing vocals. That's no. definitely not as impressive as tap dancing and drums. That's true. Definitely not. Bruce Hoffert. Flyer. 
Flyer, correct. Goaltender, 4-0-3 with an 8-7-7 save percentage and a 3-5-9 GAA in nine games played in 89-90 and 90-91. Woof. Two more for you. Two more names. Okay. okay. All right. Doing I'm great. doing great. You're killing it. Stuart Bogey. Uh, flyer. Arcade Fire. Damn it! Saxophone, clarinet, flute, and keyboards. Ooh. That's fun. Get some woodwinds in there. Got lots of winds, that's for sure. A great deal of wind. I like it. And the keyboard. And the keyboard. Finally, last name here, Paul Lawless. Paul Lawless was a former flyer. Yes, you got that right. Left wing, five assists in eight games for the 87-88 Flyers. Oh, that was far before my time. I tried to get... Flyers fan. Oh, I I mean, I might have seen that guy when I was just a a wee little Steve, but that's... I I certainly would not remember Paul Lawless, who played eight games. I just tried to look for for weird older names that, you know, might... No, I love it. Yeah. That was good. No, I decided Lawless sounds like a very good hockey name, so obviously he was a hockey player. There were a couple other names I almost threw you. I almost threw Alex McMaster from RK Fire. I wouldn't uh, have gotten that one. Because oh, that, that sounds like a hockey name. That's a, that's a pretty yeah. good one. And then uh, the other one I almost threw at you was Regine Chassain, which, you know, we got a French-Canadian name there. It's It's one to consider. Is that Arcade Fire? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, see, I definitely would have said former flyer. Ah, should have thrown it in there. I absolutely would have. Should have thrown it in there, but oh well. That's I mean, it was an admirable effort and you you killed it. You won. You were the victor today. They were all guesses. I did not know anyone for certain. It was all guessing. Oh, that was I fun. I figured. Yeah. That yeah. was a good time. Um Yeah, I, we could do antelopes and hockey players, but um, it'll take some finagling. Okay, well, that, we'll give you a couple of weeks before you're back on the rotation, and then uh, it would just you, you be finagle. like last names of players because I can't be like Claude Giroux or <laughs> or Anton Bushbuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just exactly. make up a first name. It, it would it would take some finagling, but I think last names is perfectly appropriate. Or. Team names? Hmm. I don't know. I'll I'll have to decide. It would have to be minor league team names because oh, I, yeah. I, I I you know I know the NHL names pretty good. Pretty or well. like European leagues. Ooh, that's that's a good one right there. Yeah. European team name or I don't Antelope know. Antelope species. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ice gotten. Did you All say right, Ice uh, Garden? I did. Ice Garden. That's uh, the polar bear team that the Briere and Giroux played for during the, oh, the last oh, lockout. Oh, 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 yeah. I thought you were you were talking about our women's hockey site. I'm like, why is that oh, happening? No. I mean, if you want to plug the women's hockey site, I'm all for it. It's called the Ice Garden, and it's good. And I don't know what's happening in women's hockey right now, but... There was a whole bar stool situation, and that was really shitty and not fun. No, no, definitely not fun and extremely shitty. Yeah. February, I went through a war in February, I believe. 
It wasn't it's a month to forget. Yes, please. As soon as possible. As soon as possible. I will drink to that. Uh, well, that's all we got. And it was plenty for you folks. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. Steph, I'm sure everybody's following you already, but where can people find you on Twitter? I am at StephaliciousD. Wonderful. Oh I, just, oh, I thought I lost you for a second, but apparently I did not. So that's good. That's good. I took a swig of tea. That's where I was. Oh, no, my computer told me I lost the connection. So you I'm know. still here. Great. We're just doing great. Doing um, great. We're terrific. I am at Stephalicious D. Um, you can find me more regularly on BSH Radio. But even that has been spotty lately because I have been through a war. Um but that's where I'm usually at. Um, where else can you find me? That's pretty much it. On SB Nation, I get my hands into a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's plenty. They don't, they don't need to find you anywhere else. That's good enough. That's it. That's it. Don't find me anywhere else. Just don't, my Twitter. Please, for the love of God, do not. For the love of God. Um, but also, my Twitter's a hot mess. So if you don't follow me, that's fine. No hard feelings. I could not agree more with that sentiment <laughs> right there. Speaking of which, you can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb, but if it's for hockey, you should really just follow Flyperbole. And follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and be sure to listen to all of the great podcast offerings we have on Broad Street Hockey. There are so many, and they are so great. All right, folks, that's all we got for you. Thank you so much for listening. Wear a damn mask, wash your damn hands, and until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Oh, wow. Oh, am I supposed to wow? Wow. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. We all need the right tools for success. A painter needs their perfect brushes, and a climber needs to be able to rely on their harness. And for your work, you need to stay connected. With Slack, teams can help you work better. Slack is a productivity platform that connects all your team members together instantly. It's built to help your team with a host of features like huddles for quick check-ins and clips for recording and sharing video. Slack also makes it easy to search and find the right information you need. You can even integrate the apps you use in your normal workflow, like your calendar or product management tools, so you stay focused on the work that matters and get more done. Learn more at slack.com slash productivity.